0: Good morning. I'm David Feldman. It's December 13th, and this is The Mop-Up. Sam Bankman Freed, the founder of FTX, a cryptocurrency exchange that lost billions, will stand trial after he was taken into custody in the Bahamas last night. Freed is expected to be turned over to the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, where he will be arrested and hopefully handed a comb. Federal officials say they want to know where all those billions went. Has anyone looked inside this kid's hair? Freed is in a lot of trouble. He owes a lot of rich and powerful people money, and he knows all their financial secrets. So you can be certain the United States Justice Department, this time around, won't let happen to Sam Bankman Freed What happened to Jeffrey Epstein? No way. This time, the Justice Department is stationing round-the-clock security inside Sam Bankman Freed's cell to make absolutely certain nobody has even the slightest doubt that he died by suicide. Freed is expected to be charged with wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, Wire hair, wiry hair, conspiracy to grow wire hair, as well as securities fraud, securities fraud, conspiracy, money laundering, not laundering his hair and violating 13 counts of the Where's My Money At Bitch Act of 1903. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm is expected to announce Tuesday morning, a major scientific breakthrough in which scientists using nuclear fusion have figured out how to produce the world's first unlimited energy. Now, all that remains is coming up with a way for humans to snort it. I know I could use some this morning. Well, it started in California this weekend. But by the time it's over, all of America from coast to coast, top to bottom, will have been inconvenienced by it. No, I'm not talking about Tim Allen's breath. Fifteen million Americans this morning are under a winter weather alert. As this storm moves east, it will create blizzard conditions in the Rockies, six to 12 inches of snow in the Great Plains, and is expected to hit New York City later in the week where it will have its throat slit on a crosstown bus and bleed to death. So bundle up. (laughs) Elon Musk on Monday dissolved Twitter's Trust and Safety Council, which had been set up in 2016 to make Twitter a safer and more civil place. That's too bad that they're dissolving Twitter's Trust and Safety Council. They did such a great job. Twitter, as we all know, is a much safer and more civil place, you know, for misogynists, bigots and incels who enjoy making death threats. Twitter's Trust and Safety Council consisted of civil rights leaders and academics who volunteered their time to accomplish absolutely nothing in fighting against the amplifying of hate, terrorism and extremism. Now that Elon Musk owns Twitter, he's releasing files to prove that Twitter blocked users from spreading news stories about the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. Wait, you mean to tell me that a company decided that it didn't want to be associated with Rudy Giuliani? How dare they? You mean to tell me that a company didn't want to encourage reporters? To open up a troubled man's laptop, a laptop, perhaps one of our most private possessions, and expose it to the world? How dare they? This is censorship. This is rigging an election. This is a corporation being responsible and free to make whatever decisions it wants to make. I believe it's called class, something resembling class. The contents of a young man's laptops should not be made public. Elon Musk suspends the accounts of people who criticize him. He owns Twitter. It's his discretion, right? Uh, Twitter, before he owned it, had every right not to amplify the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden wasn't running for office. He was and still is a troubled man who, up until until, uh, 2019, was addicted to crack cocaine. What could be relevant inside his laptop? But now that Elon runs Twitter, safety and civility is a thing of the past. Musk has fired thousands of employees and plans to have Twitter run all by itself on autopilot. Kind of like a self-driving Tesla, but without all that blood and brain matter on the front bumper. Over the weekend, Elon Musk took to his social media platform to mock transgender pronouns. He called for the arrest of Dr. Fauci and then said we must eliminate woke people. Nice. Despite being universally despised, Elon Musk doesn't care. Because as we all know, any publicity is good publicity, right? Then again, advertisers have abandoned Twitter in droves and he's warned that it might go bankrupt because of him. He got booed at a Dave Chappelle concert and Tesla stock is now at a 52 week low which means Elon Musk is no longer the richest man in the world. Yeah, any publicity is good publicity, unless you want to be rich. Elon Musk, you couldn't be any more beloved if you set fire to a children's hospital. Why don't you well, I maybe maybe you shouldn't do that, uh, well, anyway. On the heels of Senator Kirsten Sinema leaving the Democratic Party, Senator Joe Manchin insisted on Monday he is still a Democrat, adding that he not only identifies as a Democrat, he's changed his pronoun to jackass. Manchin said the Democratic Party is a huge tent and there's room for a moderate centrist like himself. And by moderate centrist. Joe Manchin means he wants the entire planet destroyed by fossil fuels in seven years instead of five. No need to rush. Let's be sensible. Let's be sensible here. Nobody in the Senate takes more money from the fossil fuel industry than Joe Manchin, who insists inflation is caused by government spending instead of ExxonMobil price gouging us at the pump. By the way, the price of oil is now at its lowest since before Putin invaded Ukraine. But don't worry, Joe Manchin. Next year, the Biden administration will trick China into invading Taiwan and the price of oil will be right back up where you want it. By the way, ExxonMobil this week announced it will spend 50 billion dollars of its profits on stock buybacks in the next two years. Not on drilling or refining. Nope. You know, we're told they're going to drill and refine with those profits. You can't have a windfall profit tax on ExxonMobil because they're going to use all their profits to drill and refine. No, no, they're using all their profits to spend $50 billion on stock buybacks. Yeah. It turns out they don't need to drill. They don't need to refine. ExxonMobil makes more money with less oil. Less oil means they can charge more and they don't have to incur any expenses on drilling. It's more efficient to sell less oil at a higher price than it is to sell more oil at a lower price. But we just need to drill, baby, drill. Drill right? That's what we're told. No, we don't. We don't need to drill, baby, drill. Less oil, more money. And imagine how much more money ExxonMobil would make selling no oil. Just Just keep it in the ground. They'll make trillions. Okay, they wouldn't make any money, but it's no dumber than drill, baby, drill. The Keystone Pipeline, which runs from Canada into the United States, spilled 588,000 gallons of crude tar sands oil last week all over Kansas. The rupture caused oil to pour into nearby creeks. Yesterday, the Environmental Protection Agency said the leak has been contained. Now, if you remember, the Keystone Pipeline was supposed to be expanded by about seven, 1700 miles. Go further inland into the United States. President Obama, however, vetoed that idea. Donald Trump reversed the veto and then Joe Biden vetoed Trump's reversal of Obama's veto. They're not expanding the Keystone just yet. Bloomberg reported yesterday that the latest spill now makes the Keystone pipeline the single filthiest pipeline operating in the United States with more ruptures in the past 12 years than any other pipeline. But we just need to spill, baby, spill. Well, Howard Schultz is the CEO of Starbucks. or I think he stepped down, but he's still kind of Involved In the past year, Starbucks workers have won 267 union elections, according to Jacobin. 267 Starbucks locations, totaling close to 7,000 workers here in the United States, have voted to unionize. Jacobin reports that this year, the Starbucks union, representing these workers has filed 548 unfair labor practices complaints with the National Labor Relations Board. All those complaints, every single one charges Starbucks with punishing workers for organizing. But a spokesman told The New York Times this week that Howard Schultz recognizes the right of workers to organize. Yeah, but just not at Starbucks. And he refuses to negotiate with the Starbucks union. So everybody's voting to join the Starbucks union. But Howard Schultz, in direct violation of labor law, refuses to engage in collective bargaining. And there's nothing we can do about this. Congress voted to prohibit the NLRB from assessing monetary penalties for unfair labor practices all the nlrb can do is claw back wages that are owed to these workers who have been fired but the nlrb does not have the power to fine starbucks into submission so there's nothing our government can do to force starbucks to recognize the unions plus the nlrb is woefully underfunded and understaffed and by February is going to run out of money. Okay, so even though the workers have voted to organize at Starbucks, Howard Schultz, know his name, Howard Schultz, has yet to engage in collective bargaining. He does not recognize the laws of the United States, the law of the United States, even though It's toothless in its enforcement. The laws of the United States say that when a union, when a a shop votes to unionize, the company has to engage in collective bargaining. But Howard Schultz does not recognize the laws of the United States. Howard Schultz told The New York Times that workers don't need a union what they need is faith in him as a leader. mine. Fuhrer. Howard Schultz hates unions. He hates the workers. Therefore, Howard Schultz hates America. Are you going to get your coffee from Starbucks this morning? I'm not because I love the workers i love unions and unlike howard schultz i love america
1: you're listening to the david feldman show
2: everything with them schools
0: Republican Jim Jordan is about to become really famous. Next month, chances are good that Jordan will become chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, where he will try to use his oversight powers to destroy Hunter Biden, as well as impeach Homeland Security Chief Alejandro Mayorkas, force the resignation of FBI Director Christopher Wray, and impeach Attorney General Merrick Garland. But the jacketless Jim Jordan would be well advised to start wearing a coat because, despite all the heat from the spotlight, Jim Jordan's soon going to find himself out in the cold. Jim Jordan has a secret, and no amount of bluster will save him. Next year, the Grand Inquisitor's past will bubble up an eye-watering blast of swamp gas that will send him packing back to Ohio or possibly prison. Jordan's problem is that he's a religious conservative opposed to same-sex marriage who used to coach college wrestling. Now, one does not need a psychology degree to know that it's never a good idea to oppose homosexuality while at the same time be the guy teaching young men in tights how to roll around on top of each other. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wrestling. I'm just saying there's everything wrong with wrestling. I've always seen wrestling as foreplay and not the good kind. Call me a hopeless romantic, but I like my foreplay to be something more than just a headlock with my legs wrapped around another man's face. I don't know, perhaps some kissing? Republicans have had bad luck with sexually repressed wrestling coaches. Former Republican Speaker Dennis Hastert finally admitted that while coaching high school wrestling, he was, in fact, a child molester. Dennis Hastert became the Republican speaker back in 1999 when Newt Gingrich was forced to step down after the midterms. Republicans didn't do too well in the 1998 midterms because they impeached Bill Clinton for lying about oral sex. He was under oath and he lied about oral sex. And the American people thought there were more important things to focus on. And so Republicans in 1998, while they did keep the House, they were supposed to win big and they didn't. And Clinton's impeachment was to blame. So Gingrich was forced to step down. And Dennis Hastert, a child molester, replaced him as the Republican Speaker of the House. Now, before turning to politics, Dennis Hastert turned to young boys as a wrestling coach in Yorkville, Illinois, when he became Speaker Nobody knew that he was a child molester, except maybe the rich oligarchs who controlled the GOP and used Hastert's past as a child molester to control him. Eventually, after Hastert left Washington, D.C., the child molestation accusations surfaced and he was then convicted. And he did about a year and a half in prison. It's funny how this story was completely buried. The Republican speaker, Dennis Hastert, the longest serving Republican speaker, Dennis Hastert, was a child molester. Prosecutors say Hastert abused at least four students and paid out hush money that exceeded $3.5 million. Due to the statute of limitations on the molestation charges, Former Speaker Dennis Hastert only pled guilty to bank fraud for hiding those payments from the FBI. During the sentencing phase of Hastert's trial, this was back in 2016, Dennis Hastert, the former Republican Speaker of the House, admitted to sexually assaulting his students. USA Today reported back in April of 2016 in a story titled, quote, Dennis Hastert admits to sexual abuse. This is what was written in USA Today. Moments before the court's sentencing, Hastert admitted for the first time that he sexually abused students while serving as the wrestling coach for Yorkville High School 30 years ago. When questioned by the judge about an alleged victim, Hastert replied, quote, "It was a different situation." The judge then pressed for details, asking directly whether or not it was sexual abuse. "Yes," Hastert admitted. "Yes." Hastert then apologized for his actions. That is from the 2016 USA Today. Which brings me back to Congressman Jim Jordan, the future chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. It brings me back to Jim Jordan and another wrestling scandal that Jim Jordan cannot make go away. Jordan is trying to destroy Hunter Biden. He is trying to destroy Joe Biden. By destroying Hunter Biden, he hopes to destroy By destroying Hunter Biden, he hopes to destroy Joe Biden. The next two years, Jim Jordan will open up that laptop, the laptop of an admitted crack addict. He was doing crack up until 2019. And Jim Jordan will try to prove that President Biden was an influence peddler who used his power as vice president to make money for his family. Gee, you think? This isn't, however close to anything the Trump family has done. This isn't close to how Trump violated the emoluments clause while he was president. It's not close to how Trump held up arms sales to Ukraine for more dirt on Hunter Biden. And most importantly, Hunter Biden's laptop isn't anywhere close to Donald Trump ordering the siege on our nation's capital on January six, Not even close. But Congressman Jim Jordan is the master of false equivalencies, and he will tear away at Hunter Biden. And like the way they impeached Bill Clinton over a blowjob. The American people will be disgusted by this and they will re-elect Joe Biden because of this. Now, the Republicans can't help themselves. They have to go after Hunter Biden because they need to fill time. They need they have two years to fill time and that's all they can do. They don't have an agenda. They only destroy people's lives. That is the Republican Party's agenda. And if the next two years are spent trying to get Hunter Biden so broken that he gets back on crack, then the GOP will have succeeded because they bring nothing. They offer nothing other than destruction. Don't take my word for it. There was a postmortem conducted by the Republican Party after last week's loss in Georgia. Here is Indiana Republican Senator Mike Braun speaking the truth about his beloved Republican Party. We are basically for nothing, and we complain about it along the way, and then say, well, maybe we'll tell you after we're uh, elected. It's not going to work. He said it. We are for nothing. They are for nothing other than their rich benefactors who pay them to lower taxes for the rich, but they are not for America. The Republican Party is not for America, which is why the next two years they will spend all their time going after Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is is going to be in the crosshairs. And I can't help but wonder if Jim Jordan has a self-destructive streak because The Biden administration has already set up a war room to protect Hunter Biden. Does Jim Jordan not realize he's about to be destroyed? Does he not realize that his past as a wrestling coach is about to surface? It's almost as though Jim Jordan is going after Hunter Biden because Jim Jordan feels guilty about what he did and wants to get caught. You know, most criminals secretly want to get caught. And I think Jim Jordan is going after Hunter Biden. So he'll finally, finally pay the price for the damage that was done to all his wrestlers, all his wrestlers. Here are the facts. Get used to these facts, because if you think you're going to be just hearing about Hunter Biden, you're also going to be hearing about Jim Jordan, who was the assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State University from 1987 until 1995. During that period, the wrestling team's physician was this guy, Dr. Richard Strauss, in 2019, Ohio State University concluded that Dr. Strauss sexually abused at least, at least 177 students, at least 177 students. There were hundreds more. Strauss committed suicide in 2005. Jim Jordan's locker when he was wrestling coach was right next to Dr. Strauss's. A professional referee filed a lawsuit in 2019 claiming that he had warned Jim Jordan that Dr. Strauss was assaulting the young wrestlers. But all Jim Jordan could muster was, quote, yeah, that's Strauss. Mike Basato, Mike Sabato, Mike Sabato is a former wrestler. He told NBC News last year, quote, I considered Jim Jordan a friend, but at the end of the day, he is absolutely lying if he says he didn't know what was going on, Unquote. Six former wrestlers have come forward to say they were present when Jim Jordan was told of Dr. Strauss's abuse. And Jordan, they say, did nothing about it. And then, of course, there are the allegations of witness tampering. All this is going to come out. All of this is going to come out. I've told you to get used to Hunter Biden's laptop. Get used. Get used to Jim Jordan and the Ohio State University sexual abuse scandal. Now, Jim Jordan has repeatedly claimed he didn't know his wrestlers were being sexually assaulted. I don't know which is worse, being told your wrestlers are getting sexually assaulted and not reporting it to the police or not knowing your wrestlers are getting sexually assaulted. Shouldn't, if you're a wrestling coach, shouldn't your wrestlers be able to come to you and say, hey, coach, I don't like taking a sauna with Dr. Strauss. What kind of coach doesn't know that his own wrestlers are being raped? And this is the man, Jim Jordan, Republicans, this is the man, Jim Jordan, Republicans have put in charge of judicial oversight. This is the man Republicans have put in charge of destroying Hunter Biden? Jim Jordan, who do you think you're up against? Joe Biden is going to destroy you. Again, I think Jim Jordan has a guilty conscience and wants to get caught for what he let happen when he was wrestling coach. But I also believe that if Jim Jordan could ignore the sexual assaults going on right in front of him as a wrestling coach, he's probably incapable of predicting the assault in store for him. See, the American people don't care about Hunter Biden. We care about the eviction crisis, homelessness, climate disaster, and income inequality. We don't care about Hunter Biden. Yeah, we probably think something's screwy, but resolving the Hunter Biden problem isn't going to make our lives any better. That's why when they went after Bill Clinton for a blowjob back in 1998, the American people said to Newt Gingrich, it's time for you to go. We don't care about Hunter Biden. He's a he's a crack addict. He needs help. And it's going to ring hollow for Jim Jordan to invoke the rule of law. It's going to ring hollow when Jim Jordan keeps going after Hunter Biden and saying nobody is above the law. It's going to ring hollow because so far Jim Jordan has been above the law. He has escaped prosecution for the role he played in covering up the sex abuse scandal at Ohio State University. Several, several more lawsuits against Ohio State University because, over this sexual abuse scandal are pending. And millions of dollars in hush money have already been paid out. And millions more will follow. This story isn't going away but Jim Jordan is. The only question is where—back to Ohio or prison? Let's hope it's prison. You're listening to the David Feldman Show.
2: Ma scusato. Io io sono stanco, sono
0: I'm David Feldman, and this is The Mop Up. The New York Republican Club is located at 583 Park Avenue here in New York City, and it was always thought of where Rockefeller Republicans of yore would gather to sing the praises of fiscal restraint in Washington, D.C., lower taxes, you know, business friendly politicians, You know, but at the same time, a Rockefeller Republican would support Dr. Martin Luther King, integration, gay marriage, abortion, the reproductive rights of both men and women. And most importantly, a Rockefeller Republican would support tolerance and democracy. A Rockefeller Republican is named after Nelson Rockefeller, who was the governor of New York. He became vice president under Gerald Ford. Rockefeller Republicans don't exist anymore, not even in New York City. Four years ago, the founder of the Proud Boys, Gavin McGinnis, he also founded Vice News. He's also very funny, Gavin McGinnis, founder of the Proud Boys and Vice News. Gavin McGinnis four years ago spoke before the New York City Republicans at the Metropolitan Club, where in order to amuse the crowd, Gavin McGinnis proudly proclaimed he was a Western chauvinist and proceeded to reenact the assassination of a Japanese socialist. This was an actual Japanese socialist who was assassinated back in 1960, and Gavin McGinnis thought it would be funny to reenact his murder. Meanwhile, his Proud Boys had gathered outside the club to protest the protesters. Nearly a dozen Proud Boys violently kicked, chased, and beat up protesters. New York City police reportedly sided with the Proud Boys No surprise there. But it was the district attorney, the New York City district attorney, who finally stepped in. And eventually, two Proud Boys were sentenced to four years in prison because of the violence that took place that night. None of the cops who sided with the Proud Boys were prosecuted. But two Proud Boys were sent to prison for four years for beating up protesters outside the Metropolitan Club where Republicans had gathered to enjoy the comedy of Gavin McGinnis, founder of the Proud Boys. Very funny guy. And it's all a joke. Until it isn't. And when it's not a joke, it still is a joke. It's funny how we talk about comedy here in the United States. We always talk about comedians having the power to hold the people in charge accountable. We celebrate the First Amendment because comedians can say the things nobody else can. And so humor can be an instrument of massive protest and change. We celebrate humor that takes down the rich and powerful. But humor is also used to ridicule the poor and the marginalized, it's what Gavin McGuinness does. It's what Dave Chappelle has taken to doing lately. And it's also what Marjorie Taylor Greene, of all people, is doing. Saturday night, Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke at the New York City Republican Club. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a white Christian nationalist, unapologetically so. She is Donald Trump's opening act. Whenever Donald Trump is out on the hustings supporting one of his crackpot QAnon supporters, his opening act is Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is a force to be reckoned with. She has endorsed Kevin McCarthy to be the new speaker. Why? Why? Because he's not only promised to give her back the committee assignments that were stripped from her, he's promised to make her a major power broker in the House of Representatives. And that will be something new for Marjorie Taylor Greene because Marjorie Taylor Greene had her committee assignments stripped, stripped for all the violent comments that she had made on Twitter, on social media, really dangerous stuff that's not necessarily protected by our glorious First Amendment. For example, back in 2019, Marjorie Taylor Greene took to social media to endorse the idea that, quote, a bullet to the head would be quicker to remove House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, unquote. She had her committee assignments stripped from her because she refused to go through a metal detector. She was carrying guns into the Capitol. She's dangerous. She celebrates guns. And while she's doing all of this, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes she gets laughs. So the Republicans of New York City met on Saturday night on Park Avenue. Steve Bannon was there. Donald Trump Jr. was there and a veritable who's who of white nationalists who track traffic in the great replacement theory. They were all there. Several of the speakers espoused anti-democratic authoritarian cries of war. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene got up to speak and commented on how the left wing communist media, I wish the left wing communist media blames her for January 6th. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene, like Gavin McGuinness four years before, getting laughs in front of New York City Republicans. Here she is joking about how the left wing media accuses her of organizing January 6th.
3: happens, and next thing you know, I organized the whole thing along with Steve Bannon here.
0: The next thing you know, I organized the whole thing with Steve Bannon here. <laughs> Don't flatter yourself. Nobody accused you of organizing January 6 You're too stupid to pull that off. But you did encourage it. You did encourage it. And then she went on to joke. And I
3: want to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won.
0: If Steve Bannon and I organized January 6th, we would have won. It's a joke, right? It's a joke. Laughter means we don't care what happened on January 6th. If she were put on trial for January 6th, that could be uh, placed into evidence to show that she doesn't care what happened on January 6th. Yes, She's protected by the first. She can say whatever she wants. But those laughs, that joke, let me play it again. It means she doesn't care what happened on January 6th.
3: And I want to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won.
0: (laughs) We would have won. And then she went on to say.
3: Not to mention they would have been armed.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Not to mention we would have been armed. Woo, Yeah, but you were armed, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They were armed. The only reason there wasn't a bloodbath on January 6th is because the Capitol Police and the snipers on the roof held their fire because everybody was white. They were armed, not just with bear spray. They were packing heat. They were well armed, Marjorie Taylor Greene. We just saw the conviction of the founder of the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes. He came to Washington, D.C. on January 6th with a cache of military weapons sitting in a hotel room waiting for Donald Trump on January 6th to invoke the Insurrection Act and then deputize the Oath Keepers. That is what prosecutors convicted him of. They were fully armed. She went on to trivialize January 6, and, you know, got laughs.
3: See, that's the whole joke, isn't it? They say that whole thing was planned. And I'm like, are you kidding me? A bunch of conservatives, Second Amendment supporters went in the Capitol without guns and they think that we organized that? I don't think so.
0: Yeah. It was organized by Second Amendment conservatives who did go in there with guns. So funny. She laughs. The Republicans laugh to mock the people like me who know that January 6th was a planned insurgency. They're laughing because to them, democracy is a joke. The rule of law To Marjorie Taylor Greene, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump Jr., all the white nationalists in attendance Saturday night, to them, democracy, a peaceful transfer of power, is a joke. The president of the New York Republican Club spoke that night. It was a packed room, and he said, and I quote, we want to cross the Rubicon Hmm. Who crossed the Rubicon? Oh, yeah. Julius Caesar, when he brought his army into Rome. We want to cross the Rubicon. Rubicon. Crossing the Rubicon is when Julius Caesar threatened the Republic by bringing his army into Rome. We want total war, he went on to say. We we must be prepared to do battle in every arena in the media, in the courtroom, at the ballot box, and in the streets. He went on to say, this is the only language the left understands, the language of pure and unadulterated power. That is the president of the New York City Republican Club speaking on Saturday night. This, after January 6th, This is what he's still saying. They haven't stopped. They've gotten worse. And they're joking about January 6. And nobody booed. Nobody booed Marjorie Taylor Greene about guns and overthrowing the government. And nobody booed the president of the New York City Republican Club, Gavin Wax, when he talks about crossing the Rubicon, when he talks about total war. Doing battle. I mean, this is identical to the speech that Donald Trump gave on the ellipse on January 6th. It's identical to the speech that Rudy Giuliani gave on January 6th on the ellipse that encouraged people to storm the Capitol knowing they had weapons. Knowing we've, we've heard from the January 6th committee, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that the people on the ellipse who then went on to storm the Capitol were carrying weapons. The Secret Service has testified to such. They told Donald Trump, we want your supporters before you speak to go through metal detectors because they're carrying weapons. And he said, what do I care? They're not going to aim them at me. They went into the Capitol fully armed. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you insurrectionist, you insurrectionist. Well, nobody booed Marjorie Taylor Greene because this was just like January 6th, the ellipse. The Republicans had gathered and nobody said, maybe we're going a little too far here with the rhetoric. It's all First Amendment. Nobody booed, except when she brought up gay marriage.
3: Let me tell you how hard it is to get our Republican conference, that's not in the majority yet, to all vote the same way. Equality of Marriage Act, we had approximately, I think it was like 39 Republicans vote for the Equality of Marriage Act.
0: And the NDAA... See, they booed the Republicans who voted for the respect for Marriage Act. That's the only boos that were heard Saturday night. The rhinos, the Republicans in name only, who support same-sex marriage. These are fascists, and fascists always boo the LGBTQ. The rich and the well-heeled always beat up on the gays. Like, you know, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. He, uh, He thinks he's funny, just like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Elon Musk thinks he's funny. And again, First Amendment, you're free to say whatever you want and you're free to laugh at whatever you want. But some of the stuff people say is treasonous and some of what people laugh at is treasonous. It's protected by the First Amendment. You should be allowed to say anything you want. But what you say and what you laugh at reveals your contempt, not just for democracy and freedom, but your contempt for humanity, which is what Elon Musk possesses, a total contempt for humanity. He's a bad guy bad, bad guy. You would think somebody who was raised in apartheid South Africa would bend over backwards to be sensitive to the plight of the disenfranchised. Elon Musk thinks he's funny. And if you're a bigot, if you're transphobic, if you hate freedom and democracy, he's funny. He hosted Saturday Night Live, and he wants Twitter to be a safe place for comedy, just not a safe place for women, the LGBTQ community or leftists. He says he's open minded, but he's made it very clear that he is a right wing fascist. He recently endorsed Ron DeSantis for president right before the midterms. Elon Musk told people to vote for Republicans since he's taken over Twitter. He's reinstated the suspended accounts for QAnon supporters, white nationalists. And he invited Donald Trump back. Elon Musk recently tweeted his pronouns are prosecute Fauci. He's anti-science. He's encouraging the anti-vaxxers whose accounts were suspended on Twitter to come back and spread misinformation about ivermectin and COVID. And it's all a joke, but he means it. But it's a joke. And we're laughing, but he means it. He's anti-union. Elon Musk is anti-union. Let me say that again. Elon Musk is anti-union. He moved his Tesla plant from the Bay Area in San Francisco and Oakland. He moved it to Texas to escape California regulations, their OSHA safety inspectors, their civil rights division. He couldn't stand being monitored and regulated by California's regulatory agencies. He objected to all the forms he had to fill out when it came to workplace safety in California. So he moved everything. He moved Tesla to Texas. There are currently several lawsuits against Tesla from workers who called his assembly line a culture of fear and racism, where African-Americans working for Tesla say it was common to be called the N-word. He is not our ally. He is, or he used to be, the richest man in the world. He is not our ally. Even his own transgender daughter has disowned him. His own transgender daughter hates him because he's transphobic. Elon Musk, is not just a champion of free speech. In fact, he's not a champion of free speech. He's a champion of hate speech. When you use your First Amendment rights, when you, for example, criticize Elon Musk, you get fired. Or if you take to Twitter to criticize him, you get your Twitter account suspended. No, he's a champion of speech when it includes the N-word or when it craps, when that speech is crapping on the LGBTQ. His own daughter, his own transgender daughter hates him because he's transphobic, which is why he thought he could find a welcoming crowd Saturday night in San Francisco, of all places, when Dave Chappelle was playing the Chase Center. The transphobic Elon Musk thought he would find a welcoming crowd when the transphobic Dave Chappelle invited him up on stage.
1: make some noise for the richest man in the world.
0: This is San Francisco. They know Elon Musk because the Tesla was built across the bay and uh, Twitter is based in San Francisco. They know exactly who Elon Musk is. And some people cheered, but a lot of people jeered. A lot of people booed. And Dave Chappelle picked up on this.
2: Cheers and boos, I said.
0: Cheers and boos. But what happened in front of Dave Chappelle and Elon Musk, we heard the free marketplace of ideas, cheers and boos. But the hate speech, the boos, drowned out the good speech. You know how they always say the solution to hate speech is just more speech? Well, sometimes, you know, booing, And cheering that speech. Sometimes hate speech drowns out the good speech, and that's exactly what happened to these so-called champions of the First Amendment Saturday night. Listen as the hate speech drowns out the good speech.
1: Elon.
2: we expecting this,:
0: were you? That was Elon Musk saying, "You weren't expecting this, were you? No? Of course not because you're such an arrogant prick, Elon Musk, that you couldn't imagine the hate speech would drown out the good speech. Isn't that interesting? We're told that the solution to bad speech is more speech, but sometimes, sometimes hate speech. Drowns out the good speech, right? And then sometimes somebody like Dave Chappelle has to, I don't know, monitor the hate speech and try to make it safe for the fascist Elon Musk. Here is here is uh, here is Dave Chappelle trying to moderate the speech.
1: But you know is one thing. All of you are booing, and I'm just I'm
3: just pointing out the obvious. You have terrible seats, but I understand.
1: <laughs> All coming from way up there, at the last minute. Not playing the niggas boo. Boo. Boo.
0: <laughs> that is so telling how Dave Chappelle tries to rein in the hate speech. He says it's coming from the cheap seats. Did you hear that? He says the booing is coming from the cheap seats as though the people in the cheap seats are less than, as though who cares what the people in the cheap seats have to say. Very revealing, very revealing about Dave Chappelle. And then Elon Musk responded with this. I'm rich, bitch. I'm rich, bitch. That's from Chappelle's Comedy Central show. I'm rich, bitch. Listen to this again. This is how Elon Musk responds to the people in the cheap seat booing him. as though that's the answer to everything. I'm rich, bitch. Get used to it. My speech is more important than yours. The booing continued. It's San Francisco. They like Dave Chappelle. Uh, there, There are a lot of people in San Francisco, San Francisco. I'm from San Francisco. I spent 12 years in San Francisco. There are a lot of intolerant people in San Francisco who have had it up to here with the LGBTQ community, but not a lot. And they can still laugh at Dave Chappelle and be a little confused about his transphobia and uh, shitting on the poor. Uh, But it was getting out of hand and the, the hate speech was drowning out the good speech and Dave Chappelle got what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah. Uh, his brittle, brittle soul. His brittle soul got triggered.
1: Dave, what should I say? Don't say nothing. OK. And will only
3: spoil the moment.
1: Do you hear that sound, Elon? That's the sound of pending civil unrest. I can't wait you. to see which story decimate next, motherfucker. You, you shut the fuck up with your booze. There's something better than you can do.
0: Will you shut the f up with your booze? Don't you have something better to do? Oh my! You're you're silencing free speech, Dave Chappelle. What a brittle soul you must have. How fragile. Dave Chappelle is. He's hearing booze. What about First Amendment rights? And then he said the following to the people who were spewing hate speech.
1: What is the best thing you can do?
0: Don't you have something better to do? Let me play that again. Booing is not the best thing you can do. Let's listen to that again. The sound is not great.
1: not the best thing you can do?
0: I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna play that again. It's Dave Chappelle saying to his audience, Booing is not the best thing you can do.
1: Booing is not the best thing you can do.
0: Booing is not the best thing you can do. You know, Dave, going on Saturday night live and trafficking in anti-Semitic tropes is not the best thing you can do. Doing 47,000 Netflix specials crapping on the transgender community is not the best thing you can do, especially since transgender Americans are four times as likely to be beaten up and killed than cisgender people. You know what? That's not the best you can do. You are. I think, one of the funniest people who's ever held a microphone. And what do you do with your power? Do you take on big oil? Do you take on big pharma? Do you take on these endless wars that are costing us trillions of dollars while our schools crumble and 20% of our children go hungry? Do you use your power to take on the rich and the powerful. No, Dave Chappelle. You use your power to suck Elon Musk's cock. That's what you do, Dave Chappelle. That's what you do with all the gifts that you have as a comedian, all the brilliance that you've you've come up with over the years. You use it to shit on the marginalized to side with the rich and powerful and suck Elon Musk's shriveled cock. And then to say goodnight as the crowd was still bull, 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 bullying and booing, Dave Chappelle said this
1: I am your ally.
0: I am your ally. No, you are not, Dave Chappelle. When you come to San Francisco, and bring Elon Musk up in front of your crowd, you are not our ally. You are not the ally of the the, uh, transgender community. You are not the ally of the LGBTQ community. And after your performance on Saturday Night Live two weeks ago, you are certainly not the ally of Jews in America. And then he closed with this.
3: I wish everybody in this auditorium peace and the joy of feeling free
1: and your pursuit of happiness make Amen. you happy. Amen. Thank you very much to have No city on earth will ever been kind of it. Like you, good night.
0: You wish people peace and freedom and joy. You know, there's video of Mark Curry brilliant African-American comedian being uh, harassed inside a hotel room that he's staying in, in, I think it's Colorado Springs. Google this. You should look at Mark Curry, brilliant comedian, African-American, being harassed by security for being black in a lobby. Uh, He is not free. And I know that Dave Chappelle is not free. I know that. Uh, but that doesn't give Dave Chappelle the license to crap on other people who aren't free, other people who are scared, other people who are frightened. Uh, he seems to feel that he has a license to say whatever he wants and shit on whomever he wants, because as Elon Musk says, I'm rich, rich, bitch. Money has gotten the best of Elon Musk. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, Dave Chappelle will use his power. He is, Dave Chappelle is probably the most powerful comic working today. And I'm hoping he uses that power to stand up for the transgender community, unions, the environment, and everyone and everything Elon Musk is trying to destroy.
1: You're listening to The David Feldman Show. <laughs> i no no
0: Las Vegas, and new no manja Miami, Conheim <laughs> I know how you feel. Howie Klein is the founder. Howie Klein is the founder and treasurer of the Blue America Pack. He also writes Down With Tyranny. Everybody should go to Down With Tyranny. Read him every day. Hello, Howie. Now your voice is a little sore because you were interviewed for a big movie. They did three hours with you.
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's a big movie, it's a documentary on a um, San Diego area, late 70s, early 80s punk band called The Zeros. Uh, and I didn't really have much to do with The Zeros, a little bit, but um, they wanted to interview me anyway, so they came over. Spent, I thought it was going to take about an hour, it took about three hours, but it was fun, it was, you know, it's always fun to relive that kind of stuff.
0: For those of you who are new to the show, Howie Klein, in a previous life, was a uh, record promoter. He ran Reprise Records. He ran Warner Brothers. And then he decided, after working with all the greats, he went into politics. He decided to race. it was more satisfying. Christy McVie, I know you are friendly with the members of Fleetwood Mac. Any thoughts on Christy McVie?
2: she was a great uh, songwriter and uh, performer I, I didn't really get to know her personally the way I did get to know Stevie and Lindsay who both live here she lives in um, uh, in England
1: right
2: and, and you know but I, I mean yes she they were one of our biggest bands. I uh, brought them back to reprieve I brought them to reprises from Warner Brothers and um, I, I got, you know, she was wonderful. Every interaction I ever had with her was great. But yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't like a real depth to it uh, like there is for, uh, for Stevie Nicks. Yeah.
0: Who sang Landslide to you in Boston?
2: She sang it, she actually sang it to, you know, 50,000 people, but she dedicated it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was very thrilling. And it used to be my answer. Uh, when we had answer machines, that was the tape on my answer machine. Right. Her, her dedicating it, not the song.
0: Right, and when Howie Klein was in college, he woke up from a nap and saw his mother smoking a joint with Jimi Hendrix. But that's for reading. <laughs> oh, that's for go to Down with Tyranny. He's working on his memoir, and all that is included in his memoir. Let's you didn't uh, a, a documentary yesterday about the zeros. Let's talk about the zeros in the Republican Party, or first the zeros in Sam Bankman Fried's bank account. You write over at Down With Tyranny that he has agreed to testify. But his parents, both of whom are law professors at Stanford, won't be teaching next semester. Did something happen?
2: (laughs) Yeah, the apple didn't fall very far from the tree in this case. The parents are in uh, they're hiding out in the Bahamas now with him. So he he paid the Bahamian government. And a number of Bahamian uh, government officials, many many millions of dollars. No one knows how many million, but many million, uh, to keep him safe and, and protected. So he, he so when you say he's testifying tomorrow at the um, uh, House Financial Services Committee, he is, but he's doing it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And usually when he does these things on Zoom, he do, he from what I'm hearing and reading, he plays video games while he's uh, uh, testifying. Right.
0: Well, that's not unusual for people his age. I, I, There's some uh, uh, podcasters who are amazing and they're playing video games. They're multitasking. So...
2: Yeah, well, you think he might pay attention since he's going to probably wind up going to jail. There are, uh, I don't know, five or six very, very serious cases against him. Uh, that don't have anything to do with Congress, Congress should should, uh, should immediately recuse itself. I mean, let's take, for example, um, Patrick McHenry, one of the most corrupt members of, of Congress. He's, he's a Republican, he's the ranking member, and in a few weeks he will become the chairman of the House Financial Services really? Committee, which is known as conservative committee uh in congress. He's going to become the chairman and Bankman-Fried gave him uh, what was it $167,000 in
0: change. Uh and I mean don't you think that that would be a good reason to recuse yourself? Now wait a second, did it Madison Cawthorn? Didn't you write about Patrick McHenry? Yes. And, and yes, I've been
2: writing about Patrick McHenry for 20 years. Patrick McHenry is a closeted um, uh, right. uh, gay congressman from North Carolina. The congressman won over from his district, so his neighbor. It was Madison Cawthorn, and it was it was Patrick McHenry, who who was trying to get Cawthorn into bed. And and when when Cawthorn talked about how. He has uh, been invited to orgies. He was talking about uh, Patrick McHenry. At that time, Patrick McHenry McHenry had spent two million dollars to get the whip position. He was going to be the number was, three. Was Madison
0: cawthorne or in the House? Patrick
2: Patrick McHenry was going to be the number three uh, Republican in the House. He had already paid the two million dollars, and then when Cawthorn told. McCarthy, the minority leader at the time, uh, that that it was Patrick McHenry who invited him to the orgy. Um, uh, McCarthy told McHenry, and they're they're close allies, that he can't be the whip after that, and that he can't he can't get his money back. But as a consolation prize, they'll make him the uh, the chairman of the Financial Services Committee. When somebody really, really loves corruption loves like rolling around in corruption they apply to be on the house financial service committee it, it's the money where the most it's a committee where the most corrupt money flows through right. all the all the wall street and banks and money comes to, to comes to those members those members have taken millions and millions and millions of dollars from sam bankman freed
0: who are the How blockchain they, eight who are the blockchain eight
2: God, you're asking me to remember four off the top well, of my head. I mean, are they all?
0: Are they all? Are are they the ones who took the money? Four
2: Democrats, four Republicans. Four Democrats, four Republicans. They're all corrupt. It starts with uh, Tom Emmer. Who remember when I just said a few minutes ago that um, Patrick McHenry isn't going to be the, the whip? Right. Instead, it's going to be. Tom uh, Emmer. Tom Emmer was the head of the, R, uh, the NRCC, the, their version of the DCCC. And he uh, he, he, he took money from Bankman-Fried and he literally bought himself the whip position with Bankman-Fried's money. He's still on the House Financial Services Committee for another few weeks, and he's one of the people that's going to be uh, uh, questioning Bankman-Fried. I have a video that I run on my blog of, of what it was like when Tom Emmer questioned um, questioned Sam Bankman-Fried last time, which was basically, you know, I mean, you, you, other other than you can't really do it on the floor of Congress, he blew him. <laughs> That's what he did. That was that was the testimony. Tom Emmer blowing Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> he also wrote a letter. On behalf of the, himself and the other seven members of the Blockchain Eight, to Gary Gensler, telling him lay off Sam Bankman-Fried. You're you're uh, you're bothering him, and we don't want you to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: hmm Was right after uh, uh, Bankman-Fried bribed
0: him. Okay, so,
2: uh, Sam so some ba- of the other members who were who particularly well known for like complete sleaze. Are um, Warren Davidson, a Republican from Ohio; Richie Torres, a Democrat from New York; um, Josh Gottheimer, a Democrat from uh, New Jersey. These are all like very, very sleazy people. They all uh, took. They're all members of the House Financial Services Committee and the Blockchain Eight, and they all took bribes from um, uh, the same Bank and And none of them are recusing themselves tomorrow. They're all going to be there. I mean I don't understand that how that happens I don't understand how Pelosi can allow that to happen it, it's beyond belief who I is mean, it
0: going to be more embarrassing for the Republicans or the Democrats or is this a bipartisan
2: it, it, yeah it's, they it, supposedly they the FT FTX Bankman Freed's company was very 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 careful to make sure that the money was exactly balanced between the two parties so I think they It was $74 million, at least $74 million. See, what they would do is a lot of times they would have various executives from the company take company money and put it into, one pack and that pack would then give it to another pack with these instructions to then give it to another pack. That way they were trying to cover up how, who they were bribing and how much they were giving them. But some of that stuff has now been traced. Bankman Fried also admitted it maybe inadvertently that he was using uh, that method to, uh, to bribe people. Although he didn't call it bribing, but of course that's what it is.
0: Are you going to watch the hearings on Tuesday or you think they're going to be boring?
2: Um no no I don't I I mean they'll they'll try to be boring, but I, the for me it won't be boring. I'll um if they televise them I'll be watching them. If they don't televise them, I'll be watching them on YouTube.
0: And, what, and, and what happens? Last week you said that you didn't think Sam Bankman Fried Freed has uh at least if he comes back to America, he's gonna he may not live long. You you say that it could be a suicide. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, you got it a little bit wrong there. If he sets foot out of his gated uh, bohemian mansion, he won't live long. Because the, the, the real threat to him, I don't uh, in terms of his life and death, is not necessarily from the United States. It could well be, but I think that if you think about who he ripped off, drug cartels, uh, North Korea, Iran, Russia... Ukraine. These are the people that, when they talk about the thirty-two billion dollars that went missing, or right. something between eight and thirty-two billion dollars, that's the whose money it was. So, you know, when I say his life is in jeopardy, it's not just from uh, American politicians afraid that they're going to, you know, ruin their careers by association with him. I think it's. I think North Korea wants their money back
0: unbelievable it's unbelievable let's talk about the new york city republican club on park avenue i talked about interesting
2: this interesting club because it has been traditionally a very very mainstream conservative club it's, you know it's, it was was a real ronald reagan kind of club very very uh, kind of traditional conservative republican and and just in the last 2 years it got taken over um, by, and in a cheating way by the MAGA faction so the MAGA faction didn't really have the votes uh, to take over the club but they brought people in who weren't really supposed to be voting but they sort of strong armed the, uh, the more staid conservative types and pushed them out and it's now, a, uh, it's now the most important MAGA organization in New York City and as you know on Saturday, they had uh, you know they brought in a bunch of freaks from uh, Don Trump Jr. Uh, this guy George Santos, by the way, also a big bribe, a big bribe of um bankman Fries and he's been, he's a congressman-elect from Nassau from Nassau County, northern Nassau County, and anyway, uh, and then the the guest of honor. Uh, wasn't Steve Bannon? He was there and he spoke, but the guest of honor was Marjorie Trader Green, and she made a complete out of herself and said things that are going to uh, stick with her for the rest of her her miserable career, which will hopefully be short.
0: You say that she thought it was a costume party. I'm showing the picture you put up of her. She's wearing some kind of Roman jewelry. Uh, I, I don't know what 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 this is. Gown.
2: I mean. It's like a- She thought she was going to a toga party or something.
0: (laughs) She said that, I talked about this earlier, she was mocking January 6th and said unbelievable things. Like had Steve Bannon and I been in charge of January 6th, we would have won and we would have been fully armed. And everybody laughed and applauded.
2: who who, Who she was meant that she was going to be shooting. Was she going to be shooting the police? Was she going to be shooting Nancy Pelosi? Who do, I wonder who she had
0: in mind when she said that. And that would hold up if she were ever tried. She's allowed to say that, but that could be entered into evidence, her saying that, her trivializing what happened on January 6th. They were fully armed. It would have been a bloodbath had the January 6th people African-Americans because the Capitol police would have shot at them and they would have shot back.
2: Right. We, um, yes, they would have. But I just got a, a, an urgent text from my, uh, my connection in uh, the Bahamas who told me that 10 minutes ago, Sam Bankman Fried was arrested. You're kidding.
0: No. Sam Bankman Freed has been arrested. Let me just see if that is leading on the news yet. Yes. Breaking news. Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, founder. This is uh, updated uh, five minutes ago. This is coming over the wire. Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX. Is, the guy is right
2: there now. He's saying that he is being uh, extradited right now. He By is being. Course.
0: Sam Bankman, the founder of the failed crypto exchange, FTX, was arrested in the Bahamas on Monday after U.S. prosecutors filed criminal charges against him. The Southern District of New York, who is investigating Bankman Freed and the collapse of FTX, have confirmed his arrest on Twitter. The story is developing. So is he gonna to testify tomorrow? Are they gonna let him have a video game to play with while he's test <laughs> you know? He-
2: the, the, the idea of him testifying is so absurd anyway. It, it's much better if he's, uh, he's in jail. He was saying the other day that he plans to, um, uh, you know, get a job and, or, or start another company and pay back the money. And I was thinking, well, a great one would be uh, making license plates. That, that's what he should do.
0: Right, right. Uh, well, I guess he's safe the way Epstein was safe. Who do you think, who has more dirt? Ghislaine Maxwell or Sam Bankman-Fried? Who, who? Absolutely, Bankman-Fried. Who has, who? Bankman-Fried has more dirt than anybody. Really? More than Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell? Absolutely. What,
2: what, I mean, they, yeah, they had a lot of dirt, but he, he, he just bribed Almost every conservative in Congress, both the Democratic conservatives and the Republican conservatives, he he owns them all. I think if he if he ever if they ever let him talk uh, in, in front of a live mic, I can't imagine how many Republicans w- would go down they're, they're probably not just Republicans, also corrupt Democrats, both.
0: And so. What, I'm thinking of Jeffrey Epstein and. Uh, the bedsheet. <laughs> Tell me about the bedsheet. Didn't he use a bedsheet to uh, to
2: kill himself? Oh, is that what it was? I thought I thought what you meant was you know after Donald Trump laid with some twelve year old, he he grabbed a bedsheet
0: to to uh, have against him, <laughs> <was> against him. <laughs> If 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 you were to get Ghislaine Maxwell alone in a room. And by the way, she has to uh, come up with a plea, from what I understand, later next year. She has to agree to spill in front of prosecutors to get her sentence reduced. Uh, I I still think Ghislaine is more dangerous because people can understand child rape. The, The FTX, the cryptocurrency, it's it's the kind of jargon that is so cryptic. Most of us, it will just go right past us. But you think that if Garland sits down and says to Bankman free, tell us everything. And Garland doesn't want to cover it up. More people will be ruined than if he does the same thing with Glenn Maxwell.
2: Yeah, but I, I, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see, uh, I mean, why would he he do that? He he would bring down the the whole, um, you know, the whole political system of the United
0: States. So you're saying the Justice Department will pursue this, but it will be a limited prosecution.
2: Yeah, and they won't pursue it, uh, you know, too hard.
0: Well, those hearings, I would take it, are being, have been canceled. I can't, I can't. (laughs) And, really? Yeah, and tell me <laughs> the psychology of somebody like Gottheimer and all these people who took money from Sam Bankman fried Do they sleep well tonight? Are they capable of worrying about
2: this? Yes, I'm sure they're very worried right now. I'm sure Gottheimer is extremely worried. Gottheimer's dream is to get that uh, Bob Menendez Senate seat that's going to open up, and this, this will ruin it for him. I mean, his name being connected to this, this is stolen money uh, from FTX and and Bankman Freed. It's money that was stolen and he took it. And, and some people, you know, realized the problem and they gave it back. He mm-hmm.
0: isn't one of them. They didn't give it back. He did Gottheimer didn't give it back.
2: No. no, no, some of them didn't, some of them didn't. He's one of the ones who didn't. Now, some of the ones, who, by the way, who gave it back are corrupt also. You know, some of the ones who gave it back, for example, what they gave back was the $2,900 uh, that he, he, he gave them directly. What they didn't give back was the million dollars that he put into their campaign. That they didn't give back, no one gave that back. Right. And Nancy Pelosi certainly isn't giving back the $6 million that he gave uh, uh, to, to her, uh, her pack. Nor is Mitch McConnell giving back the three million plus dollars that he gave to his PAC. Wow! I mean, they're not giving that. Back. I mean, or they don't plan to give it back. Now uh, there's some reporting today that um, the federal—I think it's—I don't know if it, one of the, one of the big committees uh, of the of the of the federal government is looking at making them. Give, making all the politicians give back all the money and, and giving that money back to the people who were who stolen from. And they, and in other words, he stole money. He sold billions of dollars, some of which he gave to these politicians, and the people who are working on the bankruptcy are looking into the possibility of making those politicians give the money back so that it could go to the, you know, to help on some level make the people
0: whole who, who lost, you know. Like Kim Jong-un and the the members of the... We doubt it. We we could make the Gambino family whole again. So far, the only real crime that we know of in in the House and in the Senate is the letters that were written to Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC, who write about this, that after he donated to these politicians, they wrote a letter to the head of the SEC to leave cryptocurrencies alone. That's So far, that's the only smoking gun? Oh, no, I mean,
2: you know, the, the, the thing that was coming out first was something a little bit different, which was what they didn't do. So were, these, 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 this committee is supposed to be uh, in charge of making sure there are regulations, and they were doing the opposite. They were making sure there would be no regulations, or they were letting Bankman free decide who the regulator would be so here you have uh elizabeth warren uh, you know calling for uh you know a whole slew of things that had to be done to make cryptocurrency safe and here are these people absolutely ignoring it and it wasn't just a bunch of republicans by the way it was, it was republicans and democrats and i'll bring up democrats ran the committee i mean i i don't know if you've seen the um and i don't know if it's fair but there, there's a meme going around, uh, which is a picture of Maxine Waters, which says uh, Maxine Bankman Right.
0: She's the outgoing chair. But last week you were She's saying the, the, yeah. last week you were found
2: saying, any, uh, any indication that he he made any legal donations to her. So I so I don't know. I don't. And, and as far as illegal donations, my guess is that he he spread that around really, really in a big way. But I, but, you know, who's going to who's going to ever know? Right. Only if he only if he talks. Right. Which is why I don't think he will.
0: Catherine Clark. The up- tell me about the Democratic leadership. Catherine Clark. Uh, is is she tainted by this? Is Hakeem Jeffries tainted by this? Is- Hakeem is
2: definitely tainted by it in a very big way. He's one of the most tainted. And as far as Clark goes, I don't think so. I mean, she, she sort of has been active in the cover-up, but I don't know that she took money herself. As certainly, she didn't take any big sums, legally. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries put together a coalition of money people to defeat... Um, uh, progressives in the primaries, and that coalition was APAC and um, the Democratic I don't know, DMFI, the Democratic Majority for Israel, and uh, and Bank and Freed, right. and they they were they were the ones. Uh, there were a couple of other groups as well, but they were the they were the main ones that Hakeem would say, okay go get this one, go get that one. He would point them and then they all would like pile on to any progressive that he would point out to them. I see. And, and there were plenty.
0: And part of the, the, the new leadership is Pete Aguilar. He can't roll a cryptocurrency and snort Coke with it. So I would assume he's not interested <clears throat> in,
2: in... No, no, he, he, was, he took money from Bankman Fried also.
0: Right. And you're saying he's a Coke addict.
2: Okay. Well, it's was not a- fair for me to say that. He was a Coke addict, uh, and some people have told me that he ha- he uh, got, uh, what is that, when you, you get rehab or something? Yeah, he got yes. rehab. Now, I know plenty of people who got rehab and they're still Coke addicts. So um, So I don't know. I don't know if he's still a Coke addict or not. What I have heard from uh, other people in Congress is that he closes the bars down every night and that they believe that he's on coke and drinking and, you know, out of it. So, you know, but have I seen him? No, I haven't personally seen him snorting coke. Okay.
0: And you write over it down with tyranny that Cardenas has not given up on his dream of being head of the C, even though he's got his own scandal with uh, i believe child rape is that his scandal
2: yes that's that well i mean he has other scandals too you know all, all the scandals always come down to money mm-hmm. and and i mean Cardenas, what uh, tony Cardenas we're talking about from uh, the san fernando valley he was a uh, an la city councilman and he was really known for two things one was uh, aside from being a shit he was known for two things one was taking money from developers and then helping them to, avo- to uh, um, avoid regulations that would be hurtful to their business. Okay. And, um, and the other was uh, campaign finance laws. I, if I, I don't remember the exact figure, but I think he was fined 30 times for breaking campaign finance laws. This is when he was on the city council. And, and in terms of um, the child rape thing, and that's very, very serious obviously, uh, he was grooming a, a girl she was a um a golf star, a sixteen year old golf star and he and at, i mean it's at one point he just couldn't keep his hands off her. He drugged her and uh and she passed out at a party and he said he would take her to the emergency room, which he never did and instead molested her uh,
0: so and his punishment is he doesn't get to be head of the d triple C that's his punishment maybe
2: maybe Who i is- mean that's what it should be at least uh his punishment should be in prison but uh he shouldn't be the head of the DCCC. and what they did the, the members were so embarrassed by this because he was about to be elected to be head of the DCCC, and they didn't want to vote for him but there was nobody else uh that was plausible that they could vote for and they didn't know what to do so they passed a new rule which is that the head of the d won't be elected anymore and that the the head of the Democrats in the House, in this case, Hakeem Jeffries, will appoint the, the or, or nominate someone, and then the House will the Democrats in the House will just rubber stamp that. So that's that's where we are now. Hakeem Jeffries has to decide on somebody by early February, and presumably he's not going to decide on uh, um, uh, Cardinus.
0: Okay. The, the the problem is
2: is that to be anybody good in that position? Uh, people who are, uh, you know, decent people don't want it. They don't want to be the head of the D C because
0: it's a money laundering operation.
2: It is, and and you know, you have to go and get corporate money and Wall Street money, and nobody wants to do that except people like Cardinus, and people like Sean Patrick Maloney and people like Cherry Bustos. These people love it. But, uh, you know, and some of the, you know, you get a loaf, and some of the crumbs fall fall, fall off and it'll wind up in your pocket.
0: Is the Democratic leadership in the House set in stone now? Do we pretty much know who it's going to be, except for the D C? Yes. Now the Republicans in the House, Kevin McCarthy. What are the chances? I know Andy Biggs is going to challenge him, but
2: he. But Andy Biggs says that he's just a placeholder. He doesn't. He knows he's not going to become speaker. So the idea is that. Uh, McCarthy can't afford to lose uh, f- I think more than three votes or four votes or something three, he can only lose three or four votes and, and there are already six people who said they will never vote for him so that means he's not going to win now he's right now uh, making all sorts of compromises but the ultimate compromise which Paul Ryan, his friend, told him he said if you have to make this compromise don't take the job it's better if you don't do it and of course, McCarthy, I think in the end will give in, and he 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 won't care what Paul Ryan told him. And that is, it's called um, what is it called? Uh, it's it's a rule that allows them to uh, any any member basically to get rid of the speaker. Uh, you know, it has to be a vote, but anyone can bring it up any time they want, any times as they want, and they can do it every day. They can start every session. Uh, by bringing up uh, a vote on uh, vacating the chair, it's called. Yes, right. that's the rule. Vacating the. Chair. Okay. So that's the one thing he doesn't want to give up. He's giving up everything else. He's stabbing his friends in the back, who were slated to be chairman of chairman of committee to give these committees to to the uh, neo fascists in in the Freedom Caucus. He'll do anything to get this job. But he's holding out on this vacate the chair thing. But if push comes to shove and he can't get the 218 votes, he'll give up on that, too.
0: Right. And My th- prediction. is the freedom- Write that down in your Howie prediction book. OK. Is the Freedom Caucus, is Andy Biggs running as a placeholder for Donald Trump, whom he asked for a pardon from after January 6th?
2: No, I don't Oh, I, I I think the plan is to eventually. It won't happen right away, but they, what they really want to do is is give the job to Jim um, Jim Jordan as speaker. I think that, I, I, now I don't know sure. I've been told that by a couple of my contacts on the Hill. Uh, they've said it's it's going to be Jordan. It's going to we'll
0: be say. it's going to be Jordan who they're going to want, or it's going to be Jordan who's going to be speaker. Both. And what do you think? Jim Jordan as speaker will be a disaster for the Republican Party. I Won't agree. It? Won't it? And, and I've been saying you've been writing about G.Y.M. Jordan, Jim Jordan. We've been talking about it on the show. He's flying too close to the sun, isn't he? The, 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 I think the- so. But you know,
2: they, they, they don't see things the way we do. You know, they—they, they, you know, we see something and we get outraged about it. They see something and they think
0: it's great. Right, but I—I I, I think Jim Jordan hasn't been prosecuted yet, for the same reason Hunter Biden wasn't prosecuted. But the closer you get to the sun, the more you're going to get burned. The, the, what I've read about Hunter Biden is he wouldn't be in any trouble if his father weren't president. He, you know, he owes a million dollars in taxes. Uh, it's it's still against the law, but he wouldn't be prosecuted the way he's going to be, or at least investigated the way he's going to be, if his father weren't president. And Jim Jordan probably could have skated on the wrestling scandal, but he's too close to the sun now, isn't he? The son, the the son of Joe Biden, and flying too close to the sun.
2: Uh, well, uh, if, he, if he winds up uh, becoming Speaker, yes. But, you know, I don't know that that's what's going to happen. No one, no one does. If someone tells you they know something's going to happen in this, no one knows what's going to really happen. Like I said, I expect that um, McCarthy will, will, in the end, give in, and he'll meet every one of their uh, demands. Okay. I, I think that that will happen. But if he doesn't, if, if he somehow finds a spine somewhere and no one ever accused him of having one, If he finds one, uh, I I think you know Scalise will try to get the job, and um, I thought that would probably be what happens. And then people are telling me no, they don't like him either, and uh, they won't they won't give in to him, and it's gonna it'll wind up being um, you know there there are two scenarios. One is ridiculous, which is that there are somewhere between five and ten mainstream conservative. Republicans who will team up with the Democrats, and this is a cockamamie plan they cooked up with Gottheimer, and uh, and, and they'll elect a Republican, but a mainstream, not uh, fascist Republican. That that's that's, and it, it's not going to happen. Because first of all, there, there. Why would the Democrats? I mean, there'll be some Democrats who go for it, but they need every single Democrat to go for it. They can't have you know AOC and Rashida and Ilhan saying no. They've got to get them all. And they're not going to do it. Why should they? And they won't. Uh, so that plan is not going to happen. Uh, so what? What they're going to be left with is if, if they have two options. One would be the people like Matt Gates have to give in and say, okay, we'll vote for, um, or we'll vote for McCarthy, or or at least stay away from the vote and just not be there, uh, or. Uh, They'll just, you know, they'll just drive McCarthy crazy for, you know, vote after vote after vote, day after day after day until he finally says, well, for the good of the party, I'm going to drop out. And then and then they'll find somebody else and then somebody else presumably will be be Jim Jordan.
0: Before you go, and thank you for this, but before you go, it is accepted that when you become president, the party is yours. Is they say that the fev- the Trump fever has broken, but, you know, the polls are showing that he's not as popular in the Republican Party as he once was. However, he still owns the Republican Party, as evidenced by the Saturday night event on Park Avenue in New York at the, the, the Republican Club in New York City. Has
2: the so young. And that's an exceptional club. But yes, you, the, the greater point that you're making is right. He does own the Republican Party. The polls still would, would show that if the, the uh, primary was held today, nobody would come close to him. He would still win in a, in a landslide.
0: So the fever hasn't broken. He's got the infa- he owns the infrastructure. He's got the mailing lists. He owns that party. Yes, he does. And there aren't, there are not, but they don't have superdelegates. Republicans don't have superdelegates the way the Democratic Party does. So They
2: deserve to be owned by him. I'm sorry? They deserve to be owned by him.
0: Right, but it's easier to own the Democratic Party because of the superdelegates. Republicans have a semblance of a Democratic process when it comes to the primaries. So... We'll see what happens. Howie Klein, founder, treasurer of the Blue America Pack. Read him over at Down with Tyranny. Oh, I was going to ask you who raised money for. Last week, you said uh, give money for Warnock. Who are we raising money for? And very quickly, your thoughts on, well, I got to give you credit for something. You were the first one to talk, who told me that Kirsten Cinema was a POS. Yes.
2: Well, I I had the uh, misfortune of knowing her personally for while she was still a state legislator. So I've known her for a very, very long time, and I was very aware that she was out of her mind, uh, and and not in a good way. But um, you know, Blue America is is hosting or co-hosting an event on Saturday for um, uh, Corey Bush, Uh, and and the reason is I love Corey raise money to be reelected is because the house won't give her any money for protection. And she's got to have, uh, she's got to have 24 hour protection every day. She's getting uh, probably the second most um, death threats after Ilhan. The two of them get like a, an immense number of daily death threats. Uh, so we're trying to help her raise some money for her uh, security.
0: All right. So let, this is important because I, I love Ilan Omar, and I, I really love, I mean, genuinely love Cory Bush. She was the one who had to remind Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden that the eviction moratorium was about to lapse, and she slept on the Capitol steps. This is a woman who uh, was a single mom and used to sleep in her car. Uh, I think she's out of Missouri, right? St. Louis?
2: St. Louis, yes.
0: I think if if— if she were the party leader, uh, Democrats would win with landslides. So how do we help her? What do we do? Oh,
2: probably the, best, the best way to help her would just be to go to her own uh, her own act blue page, you know, rather than go through blue America, which is compl- complicated. Just go to her own act blue page and donate to her directly. OK.
0: And, there, and you're doing a benefit what night for her?
2: Saturday, for people who are here in L.A., uh, for people who are here in L.A., if they're interested, they can write uh, to me at downwithtyranny at com. so downwithtyranny, one word, at gmail.com, and just say you'd like to go to that, and I'll hook you up.
0: Okay, is, that a vir- in- is it a virtual event or re- in real life? No no, 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 it's a live event. It, it, it's going to be Corey
2: and uh, Nina Turner. They're coming together. Uh, it's in Santa Monica in, in, on Saturday afternoon. Okay. should be fun.
0: You're the best. This You're the best. We love you. You're the best. Howie Klein, thank you so much. Read him right now over at Down With T- Tyranny for a salacious civics lesson. Thank you, Howie.
1: <laughs> Take care,
0: David. Thank you. He's the best. Howie Klein is the best. Read him over at Down With Tyranny. He's never wrong. You know, we... we Went over the midterms, and he went up against the Cook Report. And uh, he can read the polls better than anybody, and he always gets things right. And he's got a perfect moral compass. Howie Klein, thank you. Read him over at downwithtyranny.com. Follow him on Twitter, at DownWithTyranny, and give money to his candidates. If he says a candidate needs your vote, deserves your vote, and deserves your money, listen to him. Howie Klein over at Down with Tyranny. Hey, if you enjoyed this segment of The David Feldman Show, please hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. I'm David Feldman, reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. You're listening to The David Feldman Show.